It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowe. And we are back. It is the NFL Talking Heads. I am your host, Jeff Carrier. He is Seth Lull, cracking beers in the middle of the intro. What else it's, is it's new? An, it's, an, it's an energy drink. Come on now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, energy drink. Recording on Tuesday night. Uh, coming out a little later than normal, so we apologize. Um, but we're going to be covering week 15, the semifinals. Uh, Seth, I'm happy to report I am 4 for 4 in all my leagues heading into the semis, so I can't wait to see just all all of this come crashing and burning down. Um, I think we did a pretty good job last week. It's just tough to tell with so many different questions that come in and, and analysis. I mean, there's definitely some uh, big ones, you know, with some of the players that had some monster games considering the whole, you know, Saints-San Francisco matchup. But overall, I think it did pretty good. My lineups at least looked good. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it, Seth. Uh, heading into week 15, we're going to really put a heavy emphasis on starts and sits. Um, I mentioned some people that might be on waivers, but really the, the emphasis is on who's actually going to crack the lineup. And on that note, last week we had Devontae Adams that disappointed with the favorable matchup. We had Leonard Fournette that disappointed. Who is going to be the week 15 disappointment of the week? Oof, that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I'll give you a couple of players that I have on my team that's in the playoffs that I'm worried about. <laughs> one is one is one is Derrick Henry. He's he's on this absolutely. I, I don't know if it's sustainable. He's on an absolute tear. He is now the fifth. He's the fifth running back in fantasy, and he's had I think four or five games straight. So he's had. Five games with 24 or more fantasy points straight. Um, seven, eight rushing touchdowns, nine total touchdowns in that span. Um, and you look at some of the defenses he's been playing. Carolina's given up more rushing touchdowns than any other team in the NFL. Um, KC, who's been bad against the run all year. Jacksonville, who he had that big game last year. Um, he had two, two rushing touchdowns against them again. They've, they've pretty much thrown in the towel. Indianapolis and Oakland. I mean, these are all teams that are not good against the run. He's going up against Houston, who's in, in the middle of the pack um, in terms of yards, yards per carry. But they are among the better deep, you know, they're in the top 10 in terms of fewest rushing touchdowns given up. They've only given up seven rushing touchdowns total on the year. And 
let's face it, Derrick Henry is completely touchdown dependent, and he's been getting them in spades, which is great if you own Derrick Henry. But <clears throat> this, to me, is setting up for a a Derrick a Derrick Henry crashing and burning when you need him most. So I see this as a ten to twelve point Derrick Henry week, and you've been accustomed to getting twenty to twenty five from Derrick Henry over the past five weeks. So. I think Derrick Henry is the prime candidate to to really kill you. Um, and then another player that I'm worried about as well, on a, on a kind of a le- lesser scale, is Miles Sanders. Um, we're going to talk about, um, you know, in our in our waiver pickups of the week, we're going to talk about, um, you know, a reason why about Scott having that big game last night. But Miles Sanders just he's he's had a couple good matchups as well without Jordan Howard, most notably against Miami. Um, he plays in Washington. Washington's just got torched by Aaron Jones. I think on paper people see Washington bad team, but I I'm worried about Miles Sanders with the emergence of Scott in the backfield who just looked like the better player. Miles Sanders left the game with cramps, um, and Scott just the more explosive back. Um, they rode him down the stretch. I'm extremely worried about Miles Sanders this week as well. Okay. Um, two two good, solid names. I mean, the Henry one's a good one just because of his name value. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you're – well, he's been kind of carrying your team. So you really are – you know, the expectation is a lot higher for him than, say – a Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a really good one that I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into later, especially when we're talking about start sits, because he could be um, a good sit candidate. A couple names I'll throw out at you. Um, again, probably closer to uh, in between these guys in terms of having the name value but not performing well. Maybe having the best matchup you could possibly hope for if you still have Saquon on your team and you're in the if you're in the semis. At home against Miami, you know, Eli looked okay in the first half and then played really bad in the second half. I think the Giants had like 30 yards of total offense in the second half. You know, is this something that, you know, Miami has been the get-well spot for a lot of teams passing and running? I don't think I'm going to buy into it. Just everything about their team in offensively running, it just didn't look great. So I'm I'm actually just still not going to buy it. I mean, you're still starting him, but I think he could be a disappointment. Um, same way you're starting Terry Henry, of course. And another, yeah. an, another one might be is looking at this Vikings matchup. Uh, I mean, they're not really on the road because Chargers don't have home field advantage anywhere. But the Chargers have played quite well defensively now for for you know a month or so. They 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 absolutely stifled the Packers. They slowed down the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, stifled Chicago and Denver still beat them, but didn't play overly great. Uh, Drew Locke's yards per pass attempt was very low um, and completely shut down the Jaguars. So I, I think there's potential to be disappointment in the, in the Minnesota side, especially when you're considering how well Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and even Stefan Diggs been playing. And those are a lot of, fantasy starters, you know, like true fantasy starters that are starting every week, potential for disappointment there as well. Yeah, I think overall I, I, I could see that. 
I don't know if as though as I'm I'm super worried about any individual player. Like I think one of them might get affected. I think Dalvin Cook will be fine. I mean, Dalvin Cook has had, you know, 16 or less fantasy points each of the past three weeks. He's had under 20 fantasy points, um, you know, four out of the last five. So <clears throat> I think Dalvin Cook has really cooled off. And this is a little bit t- a tougher of a matchup for him. But I still think Dalvin Cook is a lock for 15 fantasy points. I'd be a little bit more worried probably about Diggs. Um, and we'll see if Thielen comes back. But it looks like Thielen doesn't want to play football again. So, All right. Which is always good. Let's kick it off. Let's just get straight into it, Seth. Why don't you go ahead and cover – let me go ahead and get your intro ready here. Let's go ahead and cover the, your waiver wires, and we'll just kind of blend this into potential start sits of the week. Waiver right. wire. Oh, nothing, nothing gets me fired up in that, uh, that intro into the, uh, the waiver pickups. And this is a big week. This is like if you're in the playoffs, you are, you're most likely in the semifinals if you have your championship in week 16. And this is, you know, like, for example, I'm in one – I am in uh, – we're in the league together. I'm in the playoffs in only one of my leagues right now, still, about, still alive. And <clears throat> I'm trying to upgrade one or two of my starting spots – um, I have Miles Sanders, who I already mentioned that I'm worried about. Um, I also am starting Zach Pascal, my flex, kind of a deeper league. So um, I think there's a few players. Some of some of these players we've talked about, but some of them have really, you know, come into their own. And I'm going to start with AJ Brown, and just absolute monster, monster game against Oakland. And Oakland is definitely similar to Jacksonville. They are pretty much giving up. Everybody is torching Oakland, but still. Um, this is two really explosive games in the, in the past three games for A.J. Brown. So two of the last three he's blown up. Five catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns, seven targets. So the, the targets have have been been climbing for A.J. Brown. He's He's been in that five to seven target range pretty consistently the past five, five six weeks. So I still think he's a little bit more boomer bust. But we, we talked about Derrick Henry and – being worried about Derrick Henry having one of those games where he kind of burns you because Houston's okay at containing the run and limiting rushing touchdowns. Um, the way you attack Houston is through the air. They have one of the, the worst secondaries, and you saw what Drew Locke did to them uh, last week. So I think this is a good spot for Tennessee's passing game. Now, obviously, I'm always a little bit worried about starting any Tennessee Titan when you need them to perform. It's one thing. You know, a lot of people probably had A.J. Brown on their bench, um, you know, or he's available on the waiver wire for a reason, only owned in 31% of leagues. Um, you know, we'll see how he does under the bright lights. He's probably going to start for some fantasy owner this week. Um, not not 100% confident in him, but he's got a ton of upside. When he goes off, he goes off. So if you are using A.J. Brown as an upgrade, like I would to my worst flex spot, and maybe you're, you're fine, worst-case scenario, getting the five or six points, considering the upside he provides. I think A.J. Brown has got to be you know, one of the, the number one or two top pickups this week. Yeah, absolutely. And our opening question was almost the exact opposite. right? We were discussing what to do for the opening question. And we could have done the, um, the kind of the reverse where – you know who's the player that was on your bench because you couldn't trust them and could have won you the league, but they were on you or won you the week. 
And A.J. Brown was probably top candidate in that category. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You couldn't really trust him coming off of the seven points. He's literally hit or miss every other game. Um, you know, there's only a few times this year, but specifically three, that he's had more than five targets in a game. One was last week. They're playing Houston, so if Houston can score against Tennessee, then you like the prospects of him hitting that mark again. I mean, for a guy who... You know, wasn't quote unquote super fast, a little bit more on the possession side of receiver. I mean, some of the games in yards per catch he's getting 30, two weeks ago, 33. Um, a couple weeks before that, 20, week four, 30, week one, 30. And this, this guy has these monster volume catches. Um, you know, just breakaway plays, 5 for 153 this past week is crazy. It's, it, he doesn't need that many targets. You're probably going to have to throw him in considering his downside right now is about 7-ish points in a PPR. So you're kind of going to have to take that risk because the upside is just way too great. Um, way too great. And, of course, how convenient my opponent had him on a bench last week. You know, he's going to slide him in there right there against me while I lose Calvin Ridley. That's a good swap. Um, yeah, so he's going to be one of those players that you're just you're just going to throw in and, and hope for the best, I think. I mean. Yeah, I think it, it depends. Like, I, So I've, using my example, and I keep going back to my example because I think it's a good example of kind of the um, – the decision that a lot of people have to make like i have miles sanders who i'm still confident that he can get 10 to 13 fantasy points which is his floor is certainly higher than aj brown's but miles sanders clearly doesn't have the upside so i think given your matchup that's the kind of question you got to ask yourself is do you want to go with someone who has upside or do you want to stick with you know a player that might have a more steady predictable floor um than aj brown but the upside, and he's projected for 13.3 fantasy points in ESPN, so um, he makes our list as the number one guy. Um, I think the number two guy is clearly Raheem Mostert, um, especially for teams that need running backs. So if you're in a league where your running back is your weakness, he is the A.J. Brown of running backs. You know, a little bit <clears> – I think he's equally scary in this situation, Right. If, if this we had four or five more weeks in the fantasy season, he'd be, um, you know, pick up. No doubt about it. Um, wouldn't worry about him at all. Stash him. Nothing else. Plug and play. But, you know, he's had I mean, he's had three good weeks in a row with touchdowns, but he's not outside of the week. Week 13 against Baltimore, we had 19 carries for 146 yards. The touches just he's not getting a ton of volume. He's had. He's only had more than two catches one time this entire season. That was week two against Cincinnati. So he's had two catches um, three out of the last four weeks. But every other week he's had either zero catches or one catch. So he's not contributing a lot in the passing game. He's not going to get a lot of catches. Um, he had 10 carries this last week against New Orleans. Um, so I don't know. He's getting enough volume. But clearly this is somebody that needs touchdowns, which you could say about a lot of running backs. But um, and it seems like he's he maybe is kind of they're shifting to a Raheem Mostert as the lead back. I don't know. Um, Atlanta, they play Atlanta this week. Atlanta's in the middle of the pack in, in terms of rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, yards per carry. So they're kind of a middle of the road. Don't feel strongly. I don't think it's a great matchup. I don't think it's a bad matchup by any means. Atlanta's defense has been playing better the past few weeks. So um, I don't know. I think he's definitely worth a pickup. He's somebody that you can absolutely start. 
and he's only owned 23% of leagues. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up his numbers from last week. I know they were good um, with the uh, receiving and the rushing touchdown, and I don't think Matt Breda got a run until it was pretty late when I saw the run. I almost want to say the third quarter. Maybe it was the end of the second. I kind of forget that. But it was it was real late. Matt Brady came back. I was real surprised. Again, cannot predict this. Cannot predict this backfield. Um, it is absolutely insane. I would be also petrified that Matt Brady was slowly worked in, and then they're going to give him more work this next week. I mean, I don't know what to think. I mean, the good thing is they likely should be ahead of Atlanta, so they'll be in their ground and pound kind of ways, utilizing several different running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'll tell you, would you start Raheem Mostert or Miles Sanders? I, I think I would lean towards <clears throat> Raheem Mostert. Honestly, I just, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm extremely worried off of based on what I saw from Boston Scott I mean, you watch the game, and and I know Miles Sanders left the game, so somebody comes, they you know, some he comes in late. He was he's undrafted, I believe. Um, he just looked he just looked like a beast. They, they were giving him the goal line carries, even when Miles Sanders re-entered the game, and it was just a cram, it wasn't anything serious. Boston Scott was getting a lot of the goal line carries. He had a goal line touchdown. Um, he was explosive in the passing game. They threw a ton of screen passes to him, and they're just going to have to manufacture a lot of offense with Alshon Jeffrey out for the year. With Nelson Aguilar missing games, um, they just get, they have a skeleton crew for for wide receivers. They're utilizing three. They were playing three tight ends last night. Um, so I, I just think they're going to use Boston Scott more. I think we saw him on the field with Miles Sanders a little bit at the same time. But I just think um, I think Raheem Mostert's a smarter play. He's got more upside than Miles Sanders, and I, I don't think you lose that much. I, I think their their floor is pretty pretty similar. So I think I would go Raheem Mostert, but okay. it's definitely yeah, close. I, I want to bring up some more names too because I, I I'm going to agree on the Sanders because I'm really down on Sanders this week. I really want to avoid him all over the place, and obviously this becomes a no brainer if Howard is starting. Then that's a, a definite no go. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, four weeks ago, and I know this is four weeks ago, but even just three weeks ago, six carries this past week. 10 carries and he can be you know he can make the most of them and, and get five six yards a carry 50 60 yards but who, who are you talking about sanders mo- mostert oh yeah. i mean 10 carries he, he well he that's the thing two, yeah he got two that's carries i mean i know the touchdown upside is, is is much higher there but it just he is one week away from where he was a month ago now that Breda's in the fold, I just I I would I am petrified. We need to bounce his name off of a couple other people as we kind of continue on okay. here. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. All right. <clears throat> you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, move on to the next one. All right. So, so I got a few that are kind of in the same category. I'm just going to rattle off some of these people here. I, I think you know, while we just while we just talked about Boston Scott, he's definitely on my list. But the thing with Boston Scott is, I don't think you can start him this week. I think if you if you can roster him, I think he's absolutely worth rostering in the event that you like you might be able to use him in the championship. Because I want to see another game out of Boston Scott how they're using him. He had 24 fantasy points um, against uh, the Giants on Monday Night Football. 10 carries, 59 yards, touchdown, six catches. And I just think in that offense that they're going to have they're going to have to make like, like I said they're going to have to manufacture offense. Uh, I think he could be a big time, um, fit, you know, he could win you your league in week sixteen. But I don't think you can. I would not start him this week. Okay, I just, so I like I like that call. Um, and you're also playing a little bit of defense there. So okay, absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> Especially if the person on you're playing in fantasy has has a complete throwaway position in their starting lineup and they can afford to take a gamble on Boston Scott because they don't have really anything. Yeah, you don't want to give them yeah. that kind of luxury. They already got a bad player then, you know, okay. Yeah. And, and if this was, you know, the last week in the fantasy regular season entering the playoffs, he'd be much higher on this list, but you can't see, I don't think you can start him this week. Um, so I have him and then I, I want to get into, so I, is Adrian Peterson, who I think we have to mention um, with the injury to Darius Geis. So, not sexy. He's playing Philly. You know, they have, they have a tough rush, you know, somewhat tough rush defense. Um, but he's somebody who's going to – he's got a higher floor. Back-to-back weeks with um, over 10 fantasy points, rushing touchdown each of the past two weeks. Washington just wants to run the ball. They do not want to let Dwayne Haskins throw, and there's no Darius Geis. So he had, thir- he had 33 carries over the past two weeks with Darius Geis. So – I think the volume is going to be there for Peterson. He's not going to give you anything in the passing game. But um, he's somebody I put right in line with Miles Sanders, honestly. I would start Miles Sanders over him, but it's super close. And if you don't own Miles Sanders and you have a gaping hole at the running back position, I think Adrian Peterson is is a fine He's I think he's. Look. You think he's a fair play in standard. I, I probably would avoid him in, in almost – Every category in PPR. Well, um, well, all right. So what? Let's say you have Carl's Hyde as your second running back that you're starting. I would start Peterson over Carl's Hyde. Uh, what has Carl's Hyde done in in PPR? He's one of those people. I just I have no idea what he's done. Yeah, he, around ten points or less the past few weeks. But anyways, we don't spend time, all right, time on. All right. I, I, I mean, he's, he's I lower guess, end. I guess good example. I I I guess I probably would start him PPR. Peterson over Hyde. All right. Now, and again, I want to focus on players that people can plug in this game. Marcus Johnson had a big week against um, against Tampa Bay for the Colts. Three catches, 105 yards, touchdown. Seven targets. The targets were there. Complete shootout, though. Um, and he, granted, he's had three pretty decent weeks in the past four. Um, against the Saints, they're going to have to throw points. I think that's a sneaky... It's it's a, it's a solid play if you had if you were in a pinch and you had to start him. I would put this more in the Boston Scott category where I'd probably want to hold on to him and have the opportunity to put him in week sixteen if you advance. So, so 
I miss I miss a player. I heard everything. Mar- uh, Marcus Johnson for the for the Colts. Yeah, I would put him in that same category. Um, the matchup was really ideal there. For and it's him. ideal this week too, and it's ideal this week too. I mean, New Orleans defense has been struggling, and the Colts are going to have to throw the ball a lot. It's just yeah. it's going to. So I, I again I wouldn't I probably wouldn't start him this week. No, depending on what your people's options are, but somebody that you would I put him below Boston Scott because I don't think as a stash for week 16, I think he has less upside than Boston Scott. Boston Scott is a, a, a complete game changer. Um, potentially. All right. Um, I think we, I think you have to mention Brashard Perriman. I think he has to, and I never thought I would speak these words, but Brashard Perriman is a potential sneaky start in week 15 in fantasy, um, for your playoff matchup. I mean, Mike Evans is done, essentially done for the year. And Tampa Bay plays Detroit. And one thing we know about Tampa Bay is they're going to be throwing regardless of who the opponent is. But it just so happens that the opponent is Detroit, which makes it even better. Um, and Brashard Perriman's had back-to-back pretty decent weeks. Five targets this last week, six targets the week before. Um, it's him and Chris Godwin. They don't throw to their running backs a lot. They don't consistently throw to their tight ends. And even with Mike Evans these past two weeks, and Mike Evans commands a a massive target share percentage in that offense. So even with Mike Evans, Brashard Perriman has strung together a couple, you know, back to back pretty good weeks. So I, I, I think Brashard Perriman is using um, Miles Sanders as the example. I, I could see the argument for starting him over Miles Sanders. I really could. What are your thoughts? I mean, Miles Sanders, I'm not too sure that's a great example. I'm so down on Miles Sanders. I don't want to start Bashar Perriman in my lineup no matter what. I don't know. I just It almost seems like that spot's too good to be true, especially after that blow-up, you know, 500 yards from Jameis Winston. I, You know, it, could it be someone else along with Bashar Perriman? Absolutely. Could it be another tight end? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like it. Could it be just Chris Godwin just going off in my face? Well, yep. Um, well, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to not fall into like the, the name trap of it being Brashard Perriman and how bad he's been, how much of a bust he's been since coming out of college. I'm trying to not let that you know like enter my thoughts when I look at Brashard Perriman because I don't want to I don't want to prejudge it, but I think just based on the matchup, the opportunity, they're gonna be throwing a lot. I I actually don't mind it. So well, uh, you know. Mike Evans went out really early, and he still only had five targets. Relatively early, right? The first quarter, I mean, it was his only catch of the game. They had they were in a shootout the entire game, and he still only caught three for five. So I think that's pretty much typical. He's, he's just someone that he is who he is, so he's never going to overtake, like, someone else's role. Yep. So I would, I would, I, I would almost... I wonder if he's like the opposite of playing defense where I let him sit out there because I want my opponent to to pick him up. I'm not too sure because it it is a nice matchup. Um, There's enough people, though, that I'd rather play defense where I imagine I won't be picking him up. You know, what about on the other side? And there's a couple interesting uh, teams and players that have been injured this week. Mike Evans is one. Marvin Jones is another against Tampa Bay. Another, when you look at that matchup, do you go to Danny Amendola and say, hey, he's a play this week, and let me go ahead and throw you a very good name because this might be someone that I'm going to be considering, Danny Amendola or Anthony Miller? Who are the Bears playing? 
this Packers. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as Taylor Gabriel's out, I think I think I think Anthony Miller is as you got to have him in your lineup. I would go Anthony Miller. Um, I if Taylor Gabriel's out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what if he, what if he's playing? Because I mean, it was an early. It was you know these. He's coming off a concussion. It's not like a, a knee injury, and he they had an early week last week, early game in the, in the week. So what what if Taylor Gabriel's back? He is it like a him or or Amendola yeah, question? Just, yeah, just, yeah. Um, Miller I, Amendola. I would go. I would probably go Amendola. Probably. That's probably where I, I would lean toward too, because I'm I'm I'd be a little bit concerned of the volume that Anthony Miller's going to get. They should have Danny Mandola should have at least minimum of Anthony Miller's volume, and then he's playing Tampa Bay, and they'll be behind all game. So I think that's a yeah. potentially sneaky sneaky start. I don't know. He's had he's had eight or more targets for out of the last seven weeks too. So he's you know he's going to get the volume, and especially without. Um, um, with Marvin Jones, you're saying right. So especially without Marvin Jones, I, I, yeah, matchup's great. I think you got, I think because he, he's not gonna he's not gonna you know he he there's no way he gets you less than eight fantasy points. Um, and with that volume, he has the potential. And they're gonna have to throw the entire game too. That's the beauty. It's it's like Tampa Bay is gonna put up points, so it's a, it's a bad it's a great matchup for them. But usually, a lot of times when you see a great matchup, it means that they, they, you're going to crush that team and you're going to be up for most of the game. So it could be a game flow thing. Um, great matchup for Amendola plus the game flow should be advantageous for all Detroit's. And, and Blow is still starting. Is that – or Blau? I mean, is yeah. – uh, Yeah, okay. <coughs> so, yeah, no, right. I, I like that. Um, I, I think you have to avoid all Pittsburgh receivers too. I think you have to avoid, like Deontay Johnson blew up. He had two touchdowns. One of them was a punt return, I believe. Um, James Washington had it off game. I'm avoiding all Pittsburgh receivers. So I know that isn't a player. Well, let's get into this because I am a Juju owner, and somehow I'm still alive because at this point when you waste a high pick like that, sometimes that's not the case. And I heard he's going to be back this week. And let's just play this card out. So Juju's playing Buffalo, and would you start Juju or Golden Tate? Golden Tate, who uh, got two points last week, clearly, you know, not super targeted uh, from Eli Manning. It's Eli Manning. I'm going Golden Tate. I, I think I'm going Golden Tate. And I, it was Eli Manning's first game back in division game. Obviously, Slayton had the big, big game. Sterling Shepard, I think, had the most targets but didn't really do much with them. So, and clearly Golden Tate was the odd man out. Uh, it's obviously a risk. These aren't these aren't these aren't good options to have, but tough matchup oh, thanks for, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> tough matchup for <laughs> Pittsburgh. Don't like the quarterback situation and I it's just they, they don't throw enough to really it's it can't support three receivers, obviously. So, two of the three or at least one of the three is going to have a bad game. And yeah. it's a it's a complete crapshoot. So yeah. I would go. And obviously, go Juju's going to get Tre'Davious White. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I would I'd go Tate. But I, I mean, I don't I don't feel strongly about it either way. I mean, if I own Juju and Tate, um, it, or you know, I, I could see the case for Juju if you drafted him probably in the early second round. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this. I I think that there's a very good chance that he's going to get in my lineup and. 
and I, I would suggest other people really strongly consider if you get someone like, say, a Marlon Mack that might be in your flex most weeks, just because this is a game where last week and maybe the last few weeks, Pittsburgh's defense has been has played well enough to keep them in the game and not force him force themselves to be in that kind of passing scenario that you described. Uh, they're playing Buffalo. I, I, Buffalo's a pretty decent offense. I mean, I, I think Buffalo puts up a, enough points and plays a good enough rush defense where they're going to have to pass yeah. it. Uh, you know, you know, it's a, it's a tough call because Buffalo plays good defense across the board, not just running. They got your Davis White. Um, but I think the biggest key will be is if Buffalo could put up points on on Pittsburgh and really force them to be one dimensional when it comes to the pass. Yep, I would start him over Marlon Mack as well. I mean, I'm fine starting Juju. I think it is it is what it is at this point. Um, temporary expectations, but yeah, I I am I'm fine uh, starting him. Um, last player that I have is Patrick Lair. We talked about him last week, and um, back to back solid games. And he's playing the Giants. The Giants got torched by Philly running backs this week, especially Boston Scott, who we talked about. So 15 carries for 48 yards for Laird. So the volume is starting to get there. For uh, for the carries, he had another four catches. So back to back games with four catches. You know, I don't know. He's I think this might giants. be the week. I think this might be the week because now we've got confirmation that he is kind of the workhorse. He's going to catch four passes a week. Okay, so now his floor just on just through the air is seven eight points. Just through the air, seven eight points. And then you're hoping for 30 point, uh, thirty yards on the ground. You know, call it 10 carries for 30 yards. Very, you know, miserable running. So you can almost say his floor is 10 points, and then what if they get the touchdown, right? So you have a week where Miami kicks a million field goals, can, and Jets run these pretty decent. Um, so is the Giants a, lot, a little bit better than their pass. But if Miami can get in the red zone and, and towards the goal line, they think you know if Miami doesn't kick all these field goals, then he's going to have an opportunity to to get a touchdown. And and we can already see just from his usage that it looks like his floor is about ten points. Uh, he I think he's in play here. Yep, I think that's solid. Again, it just comes down to the, the playoffs. You know, who, what are your other options? Do you, again, do you want to risk starting? Yeah, again, let's stick to the running backs because there's a lot of kind of running backs that are better but not necessarily PPR people. So would you start Laird over Marlon Mack? Um, it's very close. I think I would start Mack. But I don't know. I'm a little bit lower on, on Laird in terms of, like, we've been comparing all these players to Miles Sanders. I, I don't think Laird's Mostert. I don't think he's... Um, you know, AJ Brown, I, I would put him lower on this list, but he's got a high floor. I put him more in the Amendola. I think that's a good comp for Patrick Laird. Um, his floor is actually, I think a little bit higher than Amendola's though. Um, I don't know. I don't mind Laird. It all depends on how your team is constructed, what your matchup is. Like me, for example, I'm in a matchup where I'm projected to lose by like 15 points. I need more upside. I'm not willing to settle for what Laird's like. I just don't think he has a ton of upside. So Mac. Uh, what did Mac do this last week? Uh, eight point three points with a with a touchdown. Uh, sorry, nine point eight with a touchdown. Yeah, I mean Mac, and they play and they play New Orleans. I, so I would honestly, that's a toss up. See, my, the thing with me, I don't know if this is like the right way to approach all it. Right, but well, I had a few running backs I, here. So, all right, keep going, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
Josh Jacobs if he plays. I'm going Jacobs. Over Laird, okay. And Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm going to go Laird. Okay. Um, all right, and last, last player I want to talk about is Eli Manning. So especially for two quarterback leagues, but even maybe for, uh, who knows, for one quarterback league is a streaming option. He plays Miami. Miami's 10th in the NFL in terms of most passing yards given up. Um, and that's even a little skewed because they they are, you know, teams are bl- were blowing Miami out for most of the year. So, you know, naturally a lot of teams were running the ball with that, with those game flows, game scripts and whatnot. So I think, you know, obviously Miami is one of the worst defenses. Um, Eli Manning has a lot of weapons now with Slayton, Tate and Shepard. Um, are you worried about Eli Manning? Would you be confident starting him this week? Um, I would be very concerned on starting him. I'm actually counting right now how many quarterbacks I'd start over him. I believe I'm at eight, nine. Um... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 10... 11, 12, 13, 14. I, I don't think he's startable. Even in one quarterback league with 12 teams. In two quarterback leagues, yeah, he's, he's definitely definitely in play. In one quarterback leagues, I don't think he's in play. Miami's second in the NFL in terms of giving up the most touchdown passes. Giving up 31 touchdowns, only behind the Arizona Cardinals. I think you've got to start Eli. I think he's, and like my example, you know, I have, I have Jimmy G and Colin Murray that I'm probably going to start this week. I think let me ask you, Eli Manning against the Dolphins or Kyler Murray against Cleveland. I I think Eli's a little bit better of an option. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That was not in my fifteen I counted. That's how so that's how far down I have Kyler Murray. That that's a tough one. I I, I think I I could see the argument there, just knowing that Kyler Murray's floor is even lower than Eli Manning's. Yep. So I think I, um, I could see that. Um, you know, would you start Drew Locke on the road in Kansas City or Eli Manning? Really good question. Um, I think I'd go Miami because I think Casey's defense has been frisky recently. I could see a scenario where they where they play good at home. Um, I, I, there's there's no scenario in which Miami's defense plays well. So Eli is going to be met with much less resistance than Drew Locke will potentially be met with. And I just think Eli's got no pressure on him whatsoever. This is the perfect situation for Eli, and he's got the weapons. So um, I think Drew Locke has potentially sli- like a little more upside, definitely more upside. Um, but I think Eli is, if I had to start one of them in the playoffs, I'd go Eli. I agree on that. I don't want to risk Drew Locke's big coming down to earth party. Uh, definitely no, don't want to do no. that. Yeah, and, and all right. So how how about this? Another streamer battle. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Eli Manning. Um, I'm gonna go Eli. Um, I just, oof. 
that's, that's a toss up. I just I'm so glad I didn't get Eli off. Wa- I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick off waivers last week because I probably would have started him. And I just don't want to start. And I guess you could say Eli fits the same categories. I don't want I don't want to get burned by someone like Fitzpatrick. So it depends on who your other option, who your other options are. Obviously, um, if your only options are Eli and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I would lean towards. I would think I would lean towards Eli. I, I just the Giants' defense is not good, but they're better than Miami's defense. Um, you know, marginally. Um, so I'd go Eli. I like his weapons better too. Especially we got to see what the, what Devontae Parker's deal is. Is he going to play? He's in the concussion protocol. Um, if he doesn't play, then I'm certainly going Eli. But even if Parker gives it a go, I think you, you got to go Eli. All right. Um, Seth, one player I have for you to wrap this all up is Calvin Ridley is out. There is Russell Gage available. What do you make of him? Where does he slide into this chart? So behind A.J. Brown, behind Mostert, um, I don't know. I, I, I put him in the same category as like Amendola, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Laird. Um, I, I probably put him near the bottom of that. I mean, it's, I'm just not high on it. They play San Fran. I think it's going to be ugly for Atlanta. Um, of course, they said the same thing when they played Carolina and they blew him out. So I don't know. I, I, I'm staying away from Russell Gage. I, th- I just think I don't really know what he gives you. I think maybe a good comparison might be Brashard Perriman. But Brashard Perriman is playing a bottom five pass defense in Detroit. So I'd probably roll with Brashard Perriman over Russell Gage. Um, so that, that's where I stand on Russell Gage. Yeah, he'd be he, a tough one. Would he be one that kind of like your bar, uh, boss yeah. Scott, where it's like you you want to see what his usage is and then kind of go from there? I mean, we kind of saw a little bit of it when uh, Julio was out, right? Yep. I was going to say, I think I'd take the same approach with um, Russell Gage. And like this is where people need to maximize their like. So, for example, in, in my bench in, in the league, I'm in the playoffs and I have Jacob Hollister, James Washington, Carl's Hyde. Um, I'm going to drop Hyde. I have Evans. I'm going to drop Evans. Probably anybody that you're not going to use in the next two weeks, just drop. Even if they're a pretty good player. And then stash some of these players like Boston Scott, like Russell Gage. Because who knows? Maybe Russell Gage gets like 15 targets against San Fran um, with Calvin Ridley out. And they have obviously no Mohamed Sanu. So we don't know what it's going to look like. I think given the volume that he could be receiving, I, I think he's a good player to stash on your bench. Yep, and he's playing at four o'clock. So you know, one of the things I did this past week, and it really all was actually, I ended up luckily getting the best play in. But you know, I, I sat Marlon Mack playing at one. Um, I didn't play Laird playing at one, and I was going to bounce between Darwin Thompson and Christian Kirk. And I, I, what I wanted to do, they're both playing at four. What I wanted to do was see how my matchup was going, and my matchup was going pretty well, and I kind of stuck with Kirk. And luckily, because, I mean, Darwin Thompson didn't do really much. He, I mean, he, he snuck out on eight points. But um, so what you could do here, what I'm trying to get at, is being at 4 o'clock, see how your matchup's going. You got a, you know, you get Thursday game. You got all the 1 o'clock games. You're going to get a really good sense of where your matchup's at. Because if 49ers does put up a lot of points on the, on the Falcons and they're basically just in chuck mode for an entire quarter and a half plus, and Russell Gage fills that slot underneath role with Calvin Ridley, then, you know, in a full point PPR, you might 
be able to squeeze out more upside than whoever you're considering. Um, you know, this is a scenario that maybe if you have two four o'clock teams or, or players or something like that, but just something to keep an eye on. Something that I did last week, uh, bouncing through four players. I, I really leaned towards the players that were playing at four just because it was so close. I don't know. You're, is, what do you think about that philosophy? Is that a bad uh, strategy idea or something? Nope. You- I like I like playing that doing that all the time. Um, I think especially when you can pick players up right right until. Um, well, it locks probably at like noon or whatever, but um, I like I like doing that. And then if, I, if I'm ahead in the matchup, if like I'm in a, let's say I'm in a blowout this week, it looks like I'm going to run away with it. Maybe I'll drop a player that I, I don't need this week um, and then pick up a player that plays on Sunday night or Monday night, um, you know, that hasn't played yet. And then, um, and yeah, then stash them for if, the following week. Yeah, yeah. if your roster... If you can do that, sure. That's a good idea, too. I like that. All right. Well, I guess it's going to wrap up Week 15 semifinals. It's here, 2019 Fantasy Football Playoffs. We wish everyone the best of luck. We're the NFL Talking Heads. We'll catch you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.